2: If I'm going to really enjoy life, and if I already know now that I can't avoid hurts, that means to enjoy life, I'm going to have to learn to handle those hurts. Number four, forgiving, forgetting, and living in freedom, it's not complicated. It's not 58 points. It's not going to counseling for your life every week for years. It's actually very, very simple because of God's power. But... It is often hard.
0: One of the wonderful things about the Bible is that for the most part, it's not complicated. Most concepts a child could understand. The challenge comes in the implementation of those concepts, especially as adults. We've built up so many defenses and alibis because of life that has happened to us. And those have to be overcome before we can get to where God wants us to be. Pastor Mark will be teaching about our need to forgive those who have hurt us. First though, he's going to let a woman share her story of hurt, abuse, and tragedy, and how she was able to extend forgiveness to her abusers with God's help. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 with part one of his message, Real Forgiveness.
1: Hear your
2: lessons for Let's turn in the book of Genesis, chapter 39. Genesis, chapter 39. I'm going to go through just four points for you. Here's the point. You won't need to copy them down this morning. Number one life is painful for everyone, some hurts are unavoidable. There isn't one person in this building. Who hasn't been hurt, disappointed, thought you were going to get a job, didn't get it, rejected, thought you'd get into college, you didn't, did this happen, raised in an abusive home, abortion, adultery, all kinds of stuff, lied about, disappointments, hurts in life. It's unavoidable. You can't avoid it. Number two, the basis of all of that hurt is sin. Satan has caused all of this in our lives, in and through of our lives. Number three. If I'm going to really enjoy life, and if I already know now that I can't avoid hurts, that means to enjoy life, I'm going to have to learn to handle those hurts. Number four, forgiving, forgetting, and living in freedom, it's not complicated. It's not 58 points. It's not going to counseling for your life every week for years. It's actually very, very simple because of God's power. But it is often hard. So I'm going to ask you to open your heart and to listen as Barb comes. She's the wife of one of our pastors, Dave. And she's going to give you a snapshot this morning of her life and the hurts of her life and how God brought her real forgiveness and real freedom. Would you welcome Barb this morning?
3: Good morning. It's an awesome privilege to be up here this morning. I want you to know that this is uh, extremely hard for me to do this. But if something I say can help you move from where you're at to freedom, to move on with your life in God, then I'm all for it. People tease me because I smile so much. (laughs) It wasn't always that way. But now it is because I have a river of life and I have found the author of life and he loves me and I love him back. And I just want that to shine from my face all the time. So Dave and I had the opportunity to help lead a trip to Israel in November and they were going to baptize people in the Jordan River. And I thought that would be awesome. You know, Dave was one of the first people baptizing and I thought that would be really special. And as I stood in line to get baptized, I looked at Dave and I thought, wow, God's done so much. What a testimony. And then God started to show me mine and what it took to to get me there. There we are. God has done so much in my life and I just give him the glory for it. I was raised in a pastor's home and after their third child, my dad got up in the pulpit, and he said, well, our family's complete. The caboose has gone by. Well, I was number five. <laughs> so definitely not part of their plan, but God had a plan, and that's why I'm here today. Um, I started. I, I just couldn't do the religious life, though. I was kind of wild at heart. I still am, actually. Now I'm wild for God, <laughs> but I, was, I just couldn't do it, and I started partying really early. About 6th or 7th grade, I started drinking, and my our, my friend's parents gave us the alcohol. And I just, I was making horrible decisions. It wasn't until I was 16 that I heard the gospel. I lived in a pastor's home. And I heard, live for God and go God, but I didn't hear, this is how you do it. You ask him in your heart, and he lives through you. And it made sense to me. It changed from a history lesson to personal. I could do this through God. And I got saved on a street corner, a guy witnessing on a street corner. I remember I said to him, Mom, okay, you got me crying. Now what do I do? He says, just pray. I'm like, okay. And I, so I got saved and instantly my life changed. And I just, I experienced the power of God. Then I got a job. I was a sophomore in high school, my first job. And, and I was a waitress at a restaurant. And I found out that one of my bosses was a Christian and going to be a minister. And I was so excited. I thought, wow, I can learn about God. I was like a sponge. I was just like, tell me, feed me the word of God. I just wanted to learn. And I thought, this is awesome. I can I can learn the word of God at work. Well, he was living a double life. And I didn't know that. And one night I, I started working the night shift 11 to 7 as a 16-year-old Because I could make a quarter extra an hour. Dumb. One night I needed a ride home. And he said, I'll give you a ride. And he took me out and raped me. And I thought, is this Christianity? And I went home and I decided, no one will ever know. I'm never telling a soul. And I just ran to Jesus. And I, I just wanted him to hold me. Well, the next week I was scheduled to work again. And, you know, it was a big restaurant. I thought, he won't be there. I'll be fine. I'll drive. Everything will be all right. He did it again at work. And I hid in the bathroom, and I just said, God, is this me? Is this who I am? And all my confidence was gone. And I had tremendous fear, this tremendous broken heart. And yet I didn't tell anybody. And that thing in me, and I didn't forgive and boy, I had some rage in there. And it started to grow like an infection. So I decided, okay, I'm just going on. I, I ran, you know, I just stayed with God. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to try to grow in God. I'm going to get past this. And so then I was a junior in high school. And I started to be tempted to be in this relationship. And God made it very clear, don't go there. And so every, I'd pray and I'd say, okay, God, I won't go out with him. And he kept asking me just kind of like Joseph and finally I gave in I thought what can one date hurt one date can hurt a lot and that started a three-year really destructive relationship in my life that night we went out drinking I was going back like the Proverbs talks about a dog going back to its vomit and that's what I was doing I was going back to that partying lifestyle And I came home that night from that first date and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I know you can never forgive me. So I'm saying goodbye. See, he would have forgiven me. And I could have saved myself so much heartache had I known the word. The word said, 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I could have started over right then. And I didn't. And I just just turned from God. In my senior year of high school, I graduated and partying a lot by that time and still with this guy, and I got real sick, and I couldn't get better, and I remember him saying to me, you know, you might be pregnant. See, I was doing what sinners do. They sin, and I thought, no way could I be pregnant. My dad's a pastor. I thought there had to be some protection there somewhere. (laughs) I was hoping. I was wrong. I went to one of those places where people protest. And for a very good reason. And I did the wrong thing. And I thought my nightmare would be over. Satan kept telling me, just do it. It'll be over. No, it was just starting. I was without excuse. Nobody talked me into it. So then I went to college, and I just could not wait to get out of the house and away from any accountability. I was just going to party my life away. It was the only thing I could do where I wouldn't think about it. It was like there all the time, like a black cloud all the time. And so I started to just drink four or five nights a week until I'd pass out. and just My life became meaningless to me. I didn't value my own life because I felt so awful. And I ran into an old high school friend and we talked in a bar for a long time and he said, come get something to eat. And I said, no. And he drove away and drove into a bridge and died. And God was giving me a wake-up call. And yet I was I was so deceived at that time I thought I couldn't come back to God. And God kept calling me back. When I'd lay down at night, God would say, come back. And I just thought I couldn't do it. Finally, three years after starting to go out with this guy, I I told him, I'm done. I'm breaking up, and I'm gonna find my way back to God. And I'll never forget his reaction, good luck. But I started counting the cost. Three weeks later, I got very sick again. And I thought, no way, God, not again. And I remember walking to this little lake on campus, and I thought, I have no reason to live. My life is trashed if I have the baby, trashed if I don't. And I thought God would never take me back. Satan told me, ha, he'll never take you back now. And I did the wrong thing again. I had unforgiveness in my heart like a just burning in me, like a volcano. And people would if you bumped me, I would spurt out this garbage. I was so hurt. I was so angry. I came crawling back to God. See, I kept putting Band-Aids on these hurts when I needed heart surgery. And the only place I could get that was from God. And I came crawling back and I said, God, I'm no longer worthy to be your son, but can I be your servant? And God gave me the most awesome picture of his heart toward the prodigal son. It would be like if, if your child was abducted, you would just want that child back no matter what. You just want to hold them. You wouldn't care if they were dirty or bruised or messed up. You just want to hold them. And that was God's heart toward me. But I was so unworthy. It was like I exchanged my yoke of sin for a yoke of condemnation. It was like I wore a sign around my neck that said, I am guilty. And I couldn't enjoy my worship at all. I I would try to worship and it was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and it was a gift god was giving me a gift he would probably thought you know how about a thank you i had this huge battle in my mind god or satan would say god will never use you god will never love you you are deceived you think that god's loving you he's not he's just tolerating you he will never use you you're damaged and yet i'd read the word and the word i'd have like fireworks going off in my heart because i'd see god does love me he does want to use me. I got baptized. And when I came up out of the water, my pastor said to me, got a verse for you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And at that point, I didn't have either. And I just decided, okay, I'm hanging on to that word. I'm going to hang on. If the word can change me, I'm diving in. And I did. I immersed myself in the word. Not because somebody made me or told me to do it. Because there was hope there. There was hope for change. In Romans 12, too, I found that, I could, that God could change me through his word. That I could be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I found the verse that God demonstrated his own love to me while I was a sinner. He died for me. And I thought, if he loved me while I was a sinner, then maybe he could love me now when I'm trying. He showed me that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And he showed me that I was like carrying this corpse around on my back. This corpse called old things. Can you imagine? I mean, like, hi, I'm Barb. Don't mind the corpse. (laughs) It passed away when I got saved, but I still carry it around. See, that's what we do. It came time for me in my walk with God to forgive. And this was like, I had no feelings of forgiveness. Just this, still that volcano of kind of rage in my heart. And it was a choice. And I've heard it said before that holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. I was the one paying for it. It wasn't my fault, and I couldn't get past that. Why should I forgive? It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. And I realized that if God wanted to forgive me, I would have to forgive that man. I wanted justice for him, but I wanted mercy for me. Do you see how that doesn't work? And finally, I I realized I couldn't do it without God, but I had the power of a risen Savior inside of me to do it. Hallelujah. That's the only way, the only way to truly get something behind you like that is through God. And I wasn't letting the guy off the hook. I was letting God handle it. I ran across the verse that said, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. And I was like, God, you get him. (laughs) But see, I had to let go. I had to, I just had to let go. I had to give it to God. Say, God, you do what's right. And it was a huge turning point in my life. All of a sudden, the scriptures just became alive to me. And it was like, God's going to use me. I can feel it. I felt hope again. And then I had to walk in his forgiveness for my sin. And that was huge. I couldn't forgive myself. I found out that I didn't need to. Because he had forgiven me. I could walk in his forgiveness. I found the verse that says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified, just as if I'd never sinned, justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I found Colossians 122 said that I was free from accusation. Whew! That's exciting. I get excited talking about this. (laughs) Because I'm on the other side now, okay? You know, I'm not back there anymore. I'm on the other side. My debt had been paid, nailed to the cross. Hallelujah. My sin was not greater than his sacrifice. Dave was a huge part in this. He, I was a, I was on a roller coaster for a long time, and I, he, he'd say, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I'd say, but I feel so awful. And he'd say... But just believe the word. The word says you're free. The word says it's over. See this whole thing it wasn't by God's choice. No way was this God's plan. And it wasn't his doing, but he allowed it. And I found Romans 8:28 that said that he promised to use it somehow. He could use this awful thing in my past for his good, for my good and his good. Now I could comfort others with the comfort that I had received from him. And you know why that is? Because it's it's revelation then. It's your comfort. I know God's comfort. It's not just something I read about anymore. I know it. I know the father heart of God. I ran into a girl at church, didn't know her at all, and she came up and she said, I'm pregnant and I'm single and I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna have an abortion. Out of the blue. And for three days, I just walked that lonely road with her again. I just grieved as if it were me. And I prayed with her, and she moved away. I forgot all about it. Five or six years later, I was in another town and at a women's conference, and here came this girl. And she said, do you remember me? And I said, barely. And she said, I want to show you something. She showed me a picture in her billfold of the most beautiful little family. She said, there's my son. And I knew which one she was talking about. And she had married a godly man. They had two children, and they were serving God together. She said, thank you. God had used what was so ugly in my life to spare one child, and I pray that he'll do that many times over. I never went to a counselor. Counselors are good. I married one, actually. (laughs) He's pretty good. (laughs) I discovered I had a wonderful counselor. And I always joke that um, the wonderful counselor doesn't have an answering machine, doesn't have call waiting, but he does have text messaging. (laughs) I had many appointments with him. Pretty soon they became daily appointments, and I realized they still are, and I realized I am not smart enough to do this without God's help every single day of my life. I have that wonderful counselor. He carries me. God gave me a life verse, Psalm 40, one through 3, and actually I about died last week when I was going to sing, and I stood up to leave the service to go sing, and Pastor Mark said, your homework next week is Psalm forty-one through <laughs> i like, wow. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock, making my footsteps firm, and he put a new song in my mouth, hallelujah, a song of praise to our God, Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. We sang that this morning, put a new song in my mouth. See, there was a time when I was in such bondage to alcohol that I was leaving a bar and it was about zero degrees outside and I fell face first in a gravel alley. And I remember telling my friends, I'm going to stay here tonight. And they're like, get up. And God just brought me up out of that mud and that mire. And he put my feet on a rock. Hallelujah. And I I never sang, never in a million years would I sing in public until I got saved. And then God put that in my heart. And it's a new song. My whole life is a new song of praise to our God. If you fast forward with me now back to the Jordan River. Now you see why I was so moved that God would have me there. There I was meeting my husband, who's a pastor, totally a miracle, in the Jordan River. I mean, how could that happen? (laughs) And God just showed me. That night we went out on the Sea of Galilee. Oh, probably the most wonderful place in the whole world. And the... God's presence was just tangible and we worshiped him out there and I just cried and cried and God just showed me how healed I am.
0: In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded us, although we probably didn't need the reminder, life is painful for everyone. Jesus said so himself. We were taught that it is possible, however, to live a life of forgiveness. The example of Joseph is quite poignant. We were also instructed to observe how God blessed Joseph, partly because he didn't hold bitterness in his heart.
2: The message you just heard is part of a series entitled Prison Break, Real Freedom from the Hurts of the Past. You can listen to more teaching from this series online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com as well as learn more about the church behind the ministry. We invite you to join us in person for our services at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, taking place in locations reaching those in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. Find service times and directions to our campuses by clicking the CCM Church link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing the teaching Real Forgiveness. We'll be instructed about what forgiveness is and, importantly, what it is not. We will learn that what the world views as forgiveness and what God views as forgiveness aren't the same we'll discover the correlation between our willingness to forgive and God's willingness to forgive us. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry